0: Good afternoon. Um, we've got an interesting session this afternoon. Uh, we've had a slight change to the agenda um, following uh, um, the, 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 uh, the, the La Liga session that was published yesterday, not happening today. I'm not sure that has anything to do with any of that's been going on in the news today. I don't know whether you've been reading that La Liga's been getting slapped on the wrist for... Uh, using its customers' own devices and apps to sniff what's going on in the pubs and then catching the pubs out for illegally watching La Liga, um, which has not gone down very well in Spain, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, So, uh, unconnected for that. Uh, We're losing La Liga, but you're just going to have to listen to me for a tiny bit longer before we bring on our other speakers uh, and panellists. It's very easy for all of us to... Uh, sit down in our offices and not come to conferences and share um, because we've all got a lot of things, uh, pressures on our time. But um, we do increasingly need to think about, uh, well, change the way we think about TV, and, and these are all good events to do that. So hopefully, with the people we have on today, uh, we can do that because um, we are going through massive change. Um, we need to really rethink, uh, well, a lot of people already are, but we need to certainly rethink the foundations of, of, our, of our business. Um, uh, in some respects, in fact, uh, this week, I've had um, about, th- I think, three meetings of, of some, some pretty big content companies where actually they were volunt- they volunteered themselves, coincidentally, the same uh, description that they were managing a business in decline, um, which I thought was, uh, although we all know some of the things that are going on, I thought it was quite an uh, outlandish uh, way to put it. Um, but we do need to rethink the basic concepts. Um, Content sales to service provision for lots of people, such as um, uh, Disney and and WarnerMedia, uh, linear channels to VOD, uh, pay-TV operators to online platforms. Um, but either way, when it comes to content, um, choices is, uh, is expanding as ever. Um, more money has been spent on it than ever before. Uh, and, co- and people, well, binging's now socially acceptable. Um, loyalty is no longer kind of the predominant state of mind, um, uh, and infidelity's fine in terms of commitment to platforms. Um, and the social media companies, the tech companies, they're ever-present. Um, they know the value of content, even though they may be using it in very different ways, um, and they're hugely influ- influencing to the market, especially when they've got completely different return on investment calculations than a lot of us do in this room. But just before I bring um, Anna-Maria up, we've got a few slides just to set the scene on some of the key, key topics of today. Um, I think over 2018, these six topics, there's a few others, came, uh, came out strong as kind of big areas. Obviously, the world of media consolidation, kind of, and then that and what that means for direct-to-consumer. Um, the continuing ongoing growth of SVOD, uh, the challenges to pay TV, um, the growing kind of uh, acceptance and, and proliferation of AVOD and, and, and new types of AVOD. We've always had YouTube, but new types of AVOD, um, and then and then the content market. So just going through a few of those really quickly. Um, we've had um, four pretty big mergers, all, all pretty much uh, happening in two thousand and eighteen. Obviously, they completed in, in, in two thousand and nineteen. Um, uh, and we, but it's not just about mergers, it's about alliances. So um, we've had uh, Discovery and, and ProSeven somewhat relaunched, but the ventures sort of slightly evolved, their service in Germany. We've had the French announcing uh, uh, Salto, the, the, the Brits <laughs> announcing BritBox, and in Japan we've had a service, Paravi, up from, from multiple media players in the market. There's some interesting stories around the EU and, and, and more cooperation to battle against global players, but... Um, those four are all interesting in their own different ways. Uh, the, the fascinating thing is when you talk about Salto to the French. Sort of a lot of them talk about how the culture industry is supporting it and driving it, and it's going to be a great success. But if you talk to some of the channels, they talk about how they hate each other and it's never going to work. Um, if you talk about BritBox, BBC and ITV talked about how that was wonderful, but it, but whether you believe it or not, currently the stories are that kind of the wheels are falling off that one as well, and and that they're not agreeing over elements such as windowing and, and, and other areas. Um, and then Paravi, which probably is an interesting service in Japan, but the, the challenge there, which is a challenge I think kind of BBC and ITV are struggling over now, is those services and their alliance, it's a great proposition, but they all run their own thing as well, thereby uh, somewhat diluting, um, uh, diluting the alliance. But you can see why people are getting together. Uh, I mean, market cap is a blunt instrument, but it's a good one to, to look at the size of businesses. You can see the size of Disney now they've taken on Fox. You can see the size of Comcast now they've taken on Sky. And it's pr- I think people are pretty much assured of the fact that CBS and Viacom will be the two next, given their common shareholding. Um, but, uh, and just illustrating how the, the, the future for these companies is certainly big. Um, uh, it's certainly on the Internet. And, it's, and, and they're all um, moving forward with their direct-to-consumer. Um, Disney Plus probably the biggest story but Warner Media, whatever they are going to come up with and and they've revealed some of their plans but but lacking a lot of detail um, at the moment. Um, uh, But there's plenty of different examples of different services doing new things with with direct-to-consumer and that leads on to something I'm sure we'll get onto in the panel kind of the, the evolution when it comes to the aggregation of these services and the aggregation of content which is undoubtedly becoming a bigger issue. We've seen um, what Amazon channels have been doing. We've seen what some of the pay TV operators are doing with their own services and bringing these on, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, with Andre on the panel. Um, And, of course, now Apple have almost played their hand um, with lots of stories and news around um, what is emerging as the pillars of their TV service Um, So obviously with a new TV app that's hardware agnostic, um, surfaces content from lots of different places. Um, uh, Their subscription VOD service, okay, small in volume, but very high in quality at the moment. Um, No news exactly as to how they're bundling it, but certainly an indication from what they're doing with News Plus in terms of making it available only to people with their hardware and certain terms. Um, But also TV channels. Uh, following on with, with Amazon channels, from, from Amazon channels with their own um, service, with, which, apart from the absence of, of, of Netflix, is, is seemingly um, going to be including um, a, a huge uh, variety and number of, of channels as it grows. Um, But I guess, and with Apple, kind of the the key thing there is they are, are, if you look at their numbers, you look at their service revenues, that's the one straight line going up quarter on quarter every time. If you look at their iPhone sales, which is the massive part of their business, it is the massive part of their business, but it's doing this the whole time because it gets hit by so many shocks. And that's what they want to stop. And it's through services that they'll do that. And this is just a brief kind of, kind of sketch on, on kind of some of the new dynamics we're finding with the operators that, that we work for and some of the content owners we work for. Is. It, it, it's, it's, again, pretty blunt, but for, for the content owners, whether they be doing direct-to-consumer or actually just any OTT service provider, um, they've got different ways that, that they can get to the consumer. Either they can go pure OTT they can go through some of these VOD aggregators. They can go through the telcos. They can go through the pay TV operators, And what it means is they're actually having quite different discussions. The old kind of cost-per-subscriber models, the straight wholesale models, the minimum fees, they still feature, but, but it's about kind of how they're going to fit in the proposition. Are they bundled? Are they a la carte? Is it what's the business model? And what's the level of technical integration? Are they just going to authenticate to an app? Are they going to fully integrate all the assets, or are they going to build a bespoke app for the set-top box? Um, but just, just speedily, rapid, rapidly going on. Um, pay TV, obviously, it's just, this is just one diagram to say, yes, everyone is, is still under pressures. The U.S. market, um, virtual Pay TV is not filling the hole that, that is, is leaving Pay TV. It's doing a little bit of help, but not much. And when you look at the challenges of someone, a pay TV operator, who's launching virtual pay TV to, to, to address the changes in the market, you can actually see what a sort of, well, shocking time they're having. This is AT&T. So this is the um, net ads to video where they wrap up all of their IPTV service, which is UVerse, their DTH service, which is DirecTV, and their virtual pay TV service in pink, which is DirecTV Now. Um, they've stopped accounting them separately now, and they, the, the DTH, and TV, they, they now call premium TV, but um, they've consistently been been losing um, uh, subs on on their uh, uh, traditional TV, and and the story in terms of direct now is, n- is not so good either anymore. Um, and it, it, they're working out a whole new breed of relationships, the pay TV operators, something that we can we can bring on with the panel later. AVOD, I won't spend much time on. I'm unfortunately, unfortunately, prior commitments stopped me missing the earlier sessions, but I think you had a session that, that, that looked to the world of AVOD. But all I will say is it evo- has evolved massively since the days of, of, of YouTube and, and a few small operators. And I think why everyone's spending a lot of time with it now, as you can see, kind of, well, Pluto spent however many hundreds of million, uh, sorry, Viacom spent however many hundred millions on, on Pluto. Roku's numbers on the Roku channel, I think they were here earlier today, uh, are, are tremendous. Uh, Walmart launched Avob with Voodoo so some big players have been putting more money into it, so there's Facebook there's there's Amazon um, uh, Sinclair, massive regional broadcasts in the state have launched uh, um, there's a a huge growth in that in the US and we're seeing how that is changing and how that relates to what broadcasts are doing so Production models changing greatly, kind of different producers, different relationships, free TV, pay TV, SVOD, all working in different ways together. Pay TV operators, um, different ones getting involved in very different ways, either very significantly and more seriously, such as the top three, where they're spending significant amounts of money on originals, either in Movistar's case, to. Um, to basically support themselves against the other platforms in the market as that content is exclusive to their platform, whereas everything else they're regulated by and have to sell to the other platforms. Sky and, uh, and Nent in, in Sweden investing a lot to the smaller sort of, uh, well, maybe not so small in Israel, but the smaller Liberty Global and Spectrum uh, efforts on that. Um, But, again, so we'll go through this rapidly. Um, There are lots of people still buying content. Um, These numbers may not look big, but these are all services buying the content that comes out of the US. Um, You can see in the US, obviously, there's a lot. But there's a lot of people still buying content. So the people who aren't maybe Disney as much and aren't maybe WarnerMedia as much, have still got a big business in selling TV. And they're selling more and more to SVOD. You can see the pink numbers growing. Um, and perhaps at the expense of pay TV, but the SVODs are becoming more of a home for the content that's been sold. And in almost every market, this isn't just SVOD, um, the premiere of the shows is growing significantly in terms of on-demand terms. But uh, again, that is not just about SVOD, it's about the broadcasters. So this is TV season, so in the 2018-19 season shows, when they travel the world and they're aired by the BBC or TF1 or whoever they may be, um, 76% of those shows have an enhanced catch-up attached to the show. So that means more than a 30-day catch-up window. It might be in a box set, um, uh, or, or which is when it's delivered all in one go, which is the yellow number, six, or, or an in-season stack, which is where they keep every episode on the whole time. So that number is growing massively and I think that will probably come up with in our know, discussions with both with Anna Maria and the panel. Um, and um, and the audiences are, are there. The audiences are watching it this way. These are, I need to update this because obviously those in the UK know Killing Eve is on at the moment and by all accounts the box set viewing was huge from the moment it dropped I think on Friday or Saturday. But this is the last season showing that, that 37% of, of the audience was, was watched it before it was even appeared on the linear channel. Um, so and here's just a bunch of examples in terms of other operators um, but both uh, pay and free all dropping shows this is just these, are all, these were all dropped as a box set at the same time as starting on linear and it's growing and growing um, but it does bring to the question just before I, I, I wrap up on windowing so windowing um, uh, it, it is a big part of the debate at the moment I think I could massively oversimplify, i say that in the old days, the ultimate value from a show might be 70% from the first window, 30% from the second. It'd um, be much bigger in the second window if you had a massive, long-lasting hit. But, but now, actually, if you talk to the content owners, they're really not sure what that number is in the second window, because the usage and the value of the first window has grown so much, and the demand for content has grown so much. They don't really know um, uh, uh, what's going to happen with the value of that, but that's important value in the whole ecosystem. So that's it for me. Um, Just, I I mean, obviously, really, from a simple point of view, pay TV. Kind of, well, we'll see what Andre thinks of this, but but the transitioning spend from straightforward linear channels to more about VOD and innovation of the proposition, free TV really aggressively now. Working on their adjacent digital propositions, um, targeting against kind of uh, targeting those digital ad revenues. Um, content owners DC, yes. yes, um, uh, but uh, that is creating different dynamics in the market, which we can talk about another time. Um, and there's a new breed of aggregator um, uh, coming along, which will definitely be part of the panel. Um, so, with no further wait, I'll ask Anne-Marie to come up, and uh, we'll be back with the panel shortly.